Welcome to the Do Less Podcast. I'm Jake Velasquez. I'm Mike Bramante. We'll stutter. Uh, we're, all, we're in a rush, so it's like I'm not doing stress. that on purpose. You know, some people think I am, but uh, I stage just, fright. I yeah. have a st- it's stage fright. It's stage fright. Yeah, when the, the lights are on. You know, there's been times when, and I have Miss Benelli already brought it up when I'll finish a set and it went well, and then I'll flump, flub my name, and it's like, what the hell's going on here? I don't even say my name after a set. I just say, keep it going for your host. Yeah, That's no, it. I'm. I have, I've stopped saying it because I can't say it. Yeah, so. Yeah. A lot of people shout out their Instagram handle and like it's yeah. kind of a cool way to sign off. But I like to sign off with the laugh, you know, the laugh. And I'm like, yeah, the laugh. Thing get out of there. Do less. And, yeah, yeah. Do less. Get out of there. A hundred percent. So, yeah, we're on a tight time crunch. We're on a time crunch. You came here earlier, but then, you know, we had some technical difficulties because we didn't have the batteries. Then you went to get lunch with your dad. And yeah. you know what I'm going to ask you? Did you talk to him about the jingle? I broached it. We didn't stick on it for too long, but I, I, I'll broach it again. Yeah, you're all right. So you got You planted the seed. I planted the seed again. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think he seems in good spirit. I'm sure he'll do it. I just need to get on about it. No, I look. Hey, I've don't 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 pressure him. I've been doing less. Don't pressure yeah. him. I want to have less on his plate, and uh, whenever he feels like doing it, you know. Yeah, it'll come eventually. Yeah, we're waiting. Uh, once like the you guys start asking us for it, then we'll maybe. A light of fire under us, you know. Be more interactive. Yeah, We're encouraging. It. Yeah, we want more feedback. And honestly, just getting right into the podcast. I mean, that's doing less too. I do like getting right into it because yeah. every time we've had a guest, people are always like, "Oh wow, you get right into it!" And like they're almost like impressed by it. Yeah, I think it's like our calling card a little. Right. Bit. Maybe we're never gonna have a jingle. <laughs> yeah. Maybe or the jingle at the at end. The end. Yeah, jingle at the end. Sign out. Hey, jingle sign at off. the end. I like that little sign off jingle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So look, let us know what you think about that. Yeah. Uh, we talked. We had, we game planned before. Yeah. And then I forgot everything we we're going to talk about. So Mike has his notebook open. He's going to well read through today's. You episode. know, we we got some bullet points of things we're gonna we're gonna hit. All right. First off, how was your week? Uh, my week was good. We do want to maybe explore the segment of uh, well. How did you phrase it again? I don't. I, I don't. The confessional. Oh, the confessional. Yeah, well, yeah. all right. So here, here's the thing: is you, you're exhausted. I can see it in your face, in your eyes. You've been tired all week. I've seen you a couple times. You're doing too much, man. Because I you're you're too spread much. too thin right now. I don't know if I'm doing too much, or they're just like a fl- a switch was flipped off. You there, know? Yeah. Because when I get, I've when I get on stage, I'll rise to the occasion. But that's the only energy I've given the past like. Two, two weeks but even even that uh last week you were like oh you i got this new persona on stage i'm all <laughs> laid back and like i don't even care anymore and it's like working well and uh yeah i mean yeah, not it, the first mic yesterday yeah. <laughs> but yeah yesterday you showed up to a mic late and you were exhausted and uh, you know it's just i feel like i feel bad because i feel like nah, you're, you got good. a lot on your plate i do have a lot on my plate uh but i think it's for good reasons it's some short-term pain for long-term gain and we're we're okay with that that's one of the philosophies exactly this time next year you guys are going to be wishing you were me so (laughs) well so do you do you have any confessionals you know you know forgive me do less for i have sinned this week have you done too much are there any examples so one day uh which was tuesday we did a storytelling show and i think that was too much well there's a couple for a couple reasons uh, first reason is we sh- just doing shows already is a lot. Yep. So then making it like a theme, it becomes tough because you got to find specifically storytellers. 
you gotta, gotta t- you gotta you know, find storytellers. You gotta tell and then a story. You gotta make up a story. Yeah, I, I actually. So the thing I and then this is also doing too much. The advice I got from some people was like, just look at your bits, yeah, and string them together in a way that makes a story. No, I felt as though that was dishonest. Yeah. So I wrote a real story that happened. Yeah. And I made a new five to ten minute set right before the show, day of the show. And how did it go? It did not. Well, actually, this, so the set went well. Yeah. Because halfway through the story, I abandoned the story. Well, and there started you go. Doing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> storytelling is hard. Uh, by the way, you know, I've told you I want to do the storytelling show because I got a couple bits that are already canned in terms of they seem like a story. Right. Uh, but. You know, one bit's kind of like a fantasy that's right, an right. ongoing story. So, God forbid I get booked on one of the storytelling hey, the shows. the first one. Yeah. <laughs> Look, uh, I'm pouring my heart out yeah. of you. We did, tell, no, we, we did a lot. It but a I'll lot. be honest with you. Me and Max did that, too, one time where we did uh, a, a themed show where it was come up with a movie idea. And that was what you would do on stage. And, again, that didn't go well either. It's just – it was a cool idea, and it was fun to try something different. But the just the jokes weren't there. The punches weren't there, you know? So this is what's funny about, uh, like, the storytelling shows or any type of thematic show uh, is I think a lot of audience members are interested in it, and they get excited about the idea of, like, oh, this is storytelling. It's something different. This yeah. is unique. But then when people get there and when they're watching comedians tell a story, everyone in the room is like, let's hear some jokes. Yeah, you right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. In theory, it sounds cool until you're actually there and then you're like, oh, no, this isn't fun. Out of And we had great comics. We had a yeah, great yeah. lineup. But out of all those great comics, there's really only one person that kind of pulled it off. Yeah. Uh, and that's I think it's just like. It's just one of those things. It's like too much, you know? Yeah. Well, if you're not, quote unquote, a storyteller stand up, then it's harder because theoretically you do want to string bits together because you want there to be set up punch along the way of a story because that's the only way to really do it effectively is you got you still got to have a laugh every other line or whatever and or try for a laugh every other line. But if you're just up there talking, that's basically an open mic. Yeah, it's just (laughs) it's not a. Like, we'll joke around on the pod. We've mentioned this before. Like, jokes are dumb. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't even be telling jokes. No. You should just riff and do act-outs and funny voices. Right. And story is, like, even worse than a joke. Right. Where it's like, now you're really doing too much because you're... I also don't like the aspect of the story that it's, like, it's very much, like, this is my experience that I'm going to share with all of you. Right, right, right. you do, you might not relate to it. It's hard yeah. to make that relatable if you, if it's like a personal story that you went through, and if you're not like you or part your close friends or whatever that were part of it, it's tough to relate to. Agreed. I love storytelling around the campfire with a couple of buddies. Oh come you know? on! But that's like again, that's a different setting. We talked about doing stand up in different settings, and like that's like there's no pressure to have a laugh every. 10 seconds that's just we're, we're telling ghost stories around the campfire and roasting marshmallows oh and each other you know that's the best <laughs> the uh the like it is the lowest form of conversation as tony soprano would say remember when is the lowest form of conversation but it is true that's what the stories are with my friends it's like yeah. oh remember that time and then you tell a story and it's always like an it is somewhat of an art to see like which one of our friends and all these like big drinking Irish yeah. kids, they're great storytellers. Yeah. And they'll tell a story, and it's really funny. And watching one of the comics on our show that was really good at it tell a story and be really funny, I was like, oh, there's upside to this. It's worth doing. Mm-hmm. But it did feel very much like I was doing too much by 
doing the show. So what was this? Why was this person effective? That was good. Yeah. Because they riffed constantly. Yeah. So like they were getting the laugh every 30 seconds to a minute because not only was the story funny, but they were really good at finding funny ways to riff throughout the story and like come back to it. Right, right. Whereas like when you try a story for the first time, you're like barely remember the string of facts that you're saying. So it's like hard to riff and then come back. But he was seamlessly riffing and then coming back in and Uh it was it was an art. It was really fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, But just that one guy. Everyone yeah. else, it was like you're almost like clutching your fist. You want it to be over, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, right. Like tell some. Well, yeah, because they're all. Because yeah. again, it could be the first time they're telling it, or yeah. one of the first times, too. So that's the tough thing with the theme shows, and I get it, and they're good ideas, but too much. Don't overthink it here. Yeah, too much. Let's just do a stand-up show. By exactly. the way, I want to be on a storytelling show. If you have another one, <laughs> uh, or just a stand-up show, because I'll tell my story on that, because that's what I do, anyways. But yeah. it's not really a story. It's a bit. But anyways. Um, all right, so you sinned doing that. I uh, I have some confessions as well. All right, this kind of goes back to our dating episode with May Planet that we had a couple months ago now. And uh, listen, on the apps, you know, whatever, I, I, these things are difficult. It's hard. You don't really know these people. It's strange. But if you get a match you're excited about... I don't play it cool, all right? Yeah. <laughs> if I don't get a response, I'll I'll come over the top with another message and I'll try to say something like, yeah, you're right, let's skip the small talk and just grab a drink. This works 0% of the time. If I, you can't, you just got to play it cool and let it come to you. You can't get too impatient and too eager and come over the top with messages. It's embarrassing. It's too much. And, uh, you know, you just got to let it go. Yeah, so like, I think it's tough though because like everyone's different yeah and i think some guys are just cool oh yeah and those are the guys that are like you just got to set the date bro they can probably <laughs> say some cool ass shit right you know and like they could do it but if you're not cool you have to play it cool if you're not so cool you gotta play it cool. cool yeah yeah so you don't answer you know right. you, and like whatever you say might be dumb but it's a sort of excuse because it's like the girl's wondering why doesn't he care that much like he's right you know he's so carefree he's cool yeah so i think that's the thing I think because we're not cool guys, we yeah. have to play it cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. If we were cool, then we there's could no just rules. Say we yeah, want. you just yeah, be cool. You just be cool. Yeah. You're already playing it cool just by existing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, since we're not cool, we got to play it cool. And that means, and I think you put it a good way. You're like, you got to give back what they're given to you. Yeah, monkey right. see, monkey do. Like, right. They don't answer for a day, you don't answer for a day. Right. Okay. Exactly. Or if they answer right away, you know, answer, you know. Five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. Ladies, Something like, maybe let us know a time frame. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Ladies, let us know a time frame. Yeah, it's good. Advice. But uh, anyways, yeah, either those things, you know, the apps are frustrating. I don't really ever go on many dates from them, probably because I'm doing too much. And, uh, you know, I just let it come to me, yeah, you know. Take it easy. Be carefree. And uh, that should work. I never tried it, so maybe I'll try it once. I actually also have a confessional. Yeah. In the dating world. Yeah. Where I did too much. Okay. I went on a date Friday. Yep. At 4 p.m. Yep. I don't like that. Because I was trying to squeeze too much in, and one day I had work in the morning, I had a show at 7, I was like, squeeze the date in between. Yeah. And the date sucked. And I wasn't in the date. No. You were trying to do too about much work that and day. I thinking about the show, and it was... Here's the thing. If you're going to go on a date, that's what you're doing for the night. Yeah. You and you, right. and it's tough with stand-up, because it's almost every night, but like... You gotta let it go. You can't yeah, squeeze yeah. too much in. Yeah, you're right. So what did you do at a 4 p.m. date? Did we you get went a drink? to this place. We got a couple of drinks. Yeah. 
But then I went to the show loose as a goose, and yeah, I right. crushed. <laughs> <laughs> so That's the thing. It. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I crushed, but I think I did. So now you, know, you should, yeah. <laughs> so now you should rely on alcohol and yeah, uh, yeah. and perform. Have a couple drinks before you perform. Yeah, I, I actually so it was. I had three shows that night, and yeah. I recorded all of them. I watched them the next day. Uh, I did like think the first one. Like the good, the crowd was good, but it was definitely yeah. the sloppiest. You could see like the sobering up of like throughout the sets. <laughs> By like the last one, I was like pretty functional. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if you, if you do good or you feel you did good, I think that's either way that you did good. It doesn't it's really matter. Thing, yeah. It's the same feeling. It's all the only way, and that goes back to the theory of like bombing. It's like you only bomb if you think you bomb or you were uncomfortable. Right, right. Even if you're there's no one laughs, but you were like super comfortable and cool on stage, you you killed. Yeah, well, not killed, but <laughs> yeah, you didn't bomb. Maybe you don't feel as bad. You didn't bomb. You didn't bomb. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you're comfortable, it's the only time it's a bomb is if you could tell the person on stage is uncomfortable. Yeah, that's, well, that's embarrassing. That yeah, if you can tell you're uncomfortable yeah. and that shows, that's 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 a bomb for sure. That's a bomb. That's that's embarrassing. Um, what else you do this week? That was, I think, that was at shows, and- shows and stuff. I did, uh, I did a rumble boxing class. Thought might be a lot. I've been doing these workouts for like the past year at home, like, cause you know, during the pandemic been working out at home and whatnot. So I've been training for a year, I think to show up in person and, uh, perform, you know, know what I mean? It went well, but I exerted too much energy too soon. Okay. Here's what happened is like, I started off on the bags, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was close to the instructor, okay. this guy, Noah, who's like, who like started rumble and he's like, the guy's a maniac. He's yeah, yeah. just like, you, you know, he's one of these trainers who's just crazy. And, um, so he was kind of like, I was like right in his eyesight. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna press uh, Noah here, and so I started hitting the bag really hard. He's like, "Come on, Mike, come on, you know, like he go get it, Mike," because yeah. like he could he see my name on his monitor or whatever. He doesn't know who I am, or yeah. else I want to be best friends with him. But um, so I went way too hard too soon, and I was I was gasping for the air by the end of it. I didn't know if I was gonna make it because I was also wearing a mask. And yeah, I was like, I, I was like, I can't, I might die here. I can't breathe. That's like altitude training. Though. I yeah. Think with the mask on, it's actually some one, once the masks are off, you're going to be in like the best shape of your life. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I was pulling it down every now and then because I just need, it was like coming up for air underwater, you know? This girl I know, uh, she said that in her building that I thought this was actually kind of funny. There's like a guy will leave a note on the door of the gym that uh-huh. says like at 8 a.m. in the morning, yeah. there's a note that says at 12 p.m. I'll be running on the treadmill without a mask. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he just takes ownership of right. the building's gym for that hour. He's taking over. Because he's so anti-mask. <laughs> I, I think that's like such a funny thing to do. Right. Um, so come in if you dare. Yeah, come in if you dare. But just yeah. so you know. But like who is the, he, he's one of like 100 apartments in the yeah, building. Yeah, he thinks like, he could just think take over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. No, so that was uh, it was an experience. I got through it, but it was uh, it was a tough workout, and uh, you know I feel like I um, maybe it was too much going to the class, but I, I wanted to do it because I feel like I've been training for it, and I'm a boxer now. You know, that's I think that's like a good thing to pursue with my life is I'm going to be a boxer. Yeah, boxing is as far as fighting goes. Yeah, the, the most do lessy fighting because you only throw punches you only throw punches yeah ufc is too much there's too much to keep track of yeah like you're throwing kicks all of a sudden you're in a rear naked choke and then yeah. some <laughs> other guy's doing jujitsu there's like right. 30 fighting styles boxing there's one there's Let's one hit the other guy yeah hit the yeah. other guy and hit him hard yeah 
and uh, you know that's why boxers can come out of retirement. Like yeah, if yeah. you're like 50 years old, George Foreman or whatever, you can come back out of retirement and make money because Mike Tyson, you just came out of retirement. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, just throw punches. 100. percent Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna be a pugilist. Yeah, yeah. So you're <laughs> gold glo- future gold gloves winner. Yeah. The oldest glo- gold gloves winner of it, all time. I'll say also say this. Uh, so I'm doing some new bits recently, new jokes. I'm trying to be a little more edgy. You know, you've seen me on the scene a little bit, and I don't know if some of the edgy jokes work because it's me telling the edgy jokes or if they're actually funny. Maybe a little of both. Yeah, maybe some a little of both. Funny, but it's like, I think there is this thing of like, sometimes I, if, it's, if something's like hilarious, I think people will laugh no matter yeah, who right. says it. But I think with ed- edgy jokes, it can rub some people the wrong way. Yeah. And if you don't seem like the type of person that should be saying it, then it, it could go wrong. Right. But if you are the type of person who can kind of get away with it... I wish I was. I, I'm still discovering if I am. I think I might be. Because TBD. if you know if you say it with a smile and a little innocence, then uh, you know maybe you can get away with it. But uh, I don't want to be all one-noted. You know? I don't want to be all this like you know um, soft, emotional, yeah, sensitive, yeah. pushover guy. I got some edge to me. You, you know? need a little edge. I need a little edge. Need a little edge. God every- forbid I throw a curveball at the audience every once in a while. <laughs> Keep them on their toes. Yeah. So I'm working on that. And, uh, you know, come come see a show or whatever, and you'll see me be an edge. Look, I'm basically Anthony Jeselnik at this point. So, I mean. <laughs> the edge lord. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny because sometimes I'll do, like, I did this on a show where I did, like, all, uh, you know, Rich Chappell, you know, he was a great comedian. He was on our show, and he was like, interesting strategy he went with there. You go, it went likable, likable, likable uh edgy joke you know maybe yeah. that was not you think that was a bad way to go i don't know because it was only because a shorter set like 10 minutes or whatever oh, so okay. it was like completely out of nowhere mm-hmm. versus uh you know all kind of along the same theme but you know like i said I'm, I'm i'm you know i'm a guy that's hitting all angles here this is the thing yeah you could do non-edgy material and if they're good jokes you'll get a chuckle from everybody yeah but edgy jokes are going to fall flat with some and belly laughs with others. Right. It's high risk, high reward. Right. So it's like you just have to be numb to the edgy material falling flat, and that's what makes you edgy. Yeah. And like when you're so numb yeah. to it and you're like, I don't give a fuck, <laughs> you know, then you could say whatever. I've experienced both yeah. of those things where it falls flat and when it hits really hard. Yeah. It's, right, yeah. it's almost like swinging for the fences. That's what it is. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's cooler. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely cooler. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen recently. Uh, Good set, but they ended with their edgiest joke and yeah. it fell flat. Yeah. And this is like a great comic. Yeah. Like like a great comic, not just like an open micer. Yeah, and yeah. So it happens to the best of us. Yeah. But the fact that they went for the edge, you know, you got to respect and didn't care. Well, that's what they, I did. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm I I'm going to say what I think's funny. Right. And if you guys laugh, you laugh. But it, it's not... As long as yeah. you think it's funny. Exactly. That's right. like the Patrice O'Neill approach. Because right. we are entertaining and he says right. he's not an entertainer. So I don't know how I agree with that. But he does have the approach of, like, I'm going to say what I think's funny. Mm-hmm. And if the audience laughs, they laugh. And if they don't, I don't care. Right. And it is a good way to be. Well, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring this up because t- we had a kind of a philosophical conversation a week or two ago. We're walking around. And you talk- we were talking about social media. Mm-hmm. And you are really of the mindset, I think, you're. I'm going to be posting less. I'm going to kind of not really. You'll log on every once in a while, but you're really trying to take a step back from it yeah i think every 
but I should take a cleanse now and then. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your, you know, what's your philosophy behind this? For social media? Yeah. I think it's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Yeah. Yeah. But why, so, you know, tell me, you know, like, why are you taking a step back? What do you hope to get gain out of it? You know? I just think, like, uh, like, if there was, we call people saints who serve others. Yeah. So they're, they're outward looking. They look to others to help people. Mm-hmm. Social media, it's like a reinforcement of, like, this is me. The world's about me. Yep. This is who I am. I identify this way. Everyone clap for me on this picture. Yeah. So it's very, it's, you are become much more self-serving. And even though it's like, it's like a, almost like a subliminal message, it seeps in before you know it. And all of a sudden you're like super narcissistic. So it's, uh, whenever you catch yourself in that pattern, I think it's good to kind of do a little cleanse. Yeah. And you were saying, even if, if I post things, it'll be like a picture not of me, at yeah, least, not of, me. of something I'm looking like outward. You so know? that's what I'm going to try to do. Yeah. Because I've noticed that uh, that's another th- it. Granted, you get way more likes posting pictures of yourself. People just want to see you. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess. So they don't want to see pictures so of trees or whatever. Yeah. Unless you're a professional photographer. Right. Yeah. So like, but I think it helps one numb you to the fact that I'm going for likes. Like it's not about that anymore. Yeah. And then, but also just, yeah. Uh, just to try to make it to get the, uh, it's more of like a practice round to uh, scrub the ego away. Right. That's I like that. I, yeah, yeah. I like that. And I honestly, it, you know, it becomes too addicting and, you know, we feel like we have to be on it because we're like, oh, you know, we got to promote ourselves and we got That's how people know we're doing comedy and it's how we get booked and like all this stuff. And really, you know, you just got to get better. You just got to focus on getting better as a comic and like, let the other stuff take care of itself. And I think like going off the grid and just being like, all right, for the next six months, I'm just going to like put blinders on and keep getting better and not worry about anything else. That's probably going to be more, that'll be more beneficial to you in the future. Potentially. I might not. It might not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, but to me, but everyone's different. So like, I'm not yeah, preaching, yeah. but it's more just like, to me, it's, that's what's I value more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't care. I there's a, most people in comedy want to be famous. Right. I don't think I really care to be famous. I actually would go as far as to say as I don't want to be because right. you see how much pressure other people have. I was saying like the worst outcome of comedy would be it be it going well. The best outcome <laughs> yeah. is to be like you know you're a, like a well respected club yeah, comic. Yeah. You're a comic you, comic in like the yeah. city and you like you perform at the cellar whatever. But you're not like you're you know not maybe known. it's not maybe it's not as lucrative but you know you hope maybe you got some other money to take care of yourself but uh, that would be the ideal most, amazing the most well known version of what we're talking about would probably be like a David Tell who's like very much like right like no one knows anything about him because he's like totally off the grid but he's right. like a super well respected comic but even he's like almost too known you know what I'm yeah. saying like I don't even because like. Of course, everybody would say that they want to be David. Of Tell. course, yeah, yeah. So like, well, I'm not going to sit here and be like, no, I'm not asking for much. I just want to be David yeah. Tell. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, but I'm one saying, of the best comics ever. Yeah, but like, <laughs> that's more along the lines of like the path I personally would like to follow. Right. But everyone's different, so like, right, right, right. But I think personally, my view is that it's more satisfying to just get really good at stand up than like build the following. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's not my motivation is not to be famous either. Mine is just to be the best comic i can possibly be wherever that leads it leads but right uh, right um anyways i thought that was 
you know, I thought that was an honorable thing that you're doing to take I a step found, back from social media. Yeah, and I'm trying to learn from you, man, because I want to <laughs> do less of it. And uh, anyways, all right. So I think that's a little bit of a catch up on our weeks. What are we doing on time here? Because we got a bit of a crunch, 23 minutes. That's We got a little bit more. Oh, we got, we got time. Uh, um, so... Do we want to get into person? Person of the week? Profession. We'll do profession first. Okay, what was the profession? Okay, so you went on a date. Yeah. And just so happens that this woman you went on a date with is a life coach. Yeah, she's a part-time life coach, though. So she has a job, and then she's on the side as a life coach. Okay. So I don't know (laughs) if I excuse it, because that seems like she's doing a lot. Right, right. But life coach, if you could be a life coach as a full-time profession... That's, uh, that's, what is that? Yeah, I don't know what life coaches do. She tried to explain it to me, and I still don't really know. Yeah. But it's like something of like, I help people realize their goals. But I don't know what that means. Yeah, what, what that, I have no idea what that means. Well, so they tell you their goals? I guess that's you, all they do. You tell a life coach your goals, yeah. and they help you come up with a game plan to achieve them. But like, should there be no consulting on like what? those goals are worth and right you know i don't know if those are the right goals yeah that's like i would and this is the thing i would love a life coach yeah if it was like ancient like if your life coach was like socrates you know <laughs> right. like that's like the ancient philosophers he had wisdom yeah but the life coach is not that the life coach is like a high school dropout who like did too many like did went to too many techno concerts and dropped ecstasy. Right and now they're trying to reform themselves, and so they found like Tony Robbins, and they're all into self improvement. But they're like the dumb. They're right. like not like it's not. Uh, you're not getting advice from the best person. Usually. Like logically, in order to be qualified to be a life coach, you should be like the you should be like the most successful person in the world, yeah. or like have the most qualifications. It's just the people that go into that generally are not uh, even close to that. <laughs> well, it just doesn't make – yeah, like I don't even know what the qualifications are. Or what, it's like, what should the qualifications be? Like how do you master life? That's impossible. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. And life – we were talking about this you know, briefly before, like language. You know, everyone's – we all say the same words, but they might mean different things to us. Like life yeah. to one person is a totally different thing to somebody else. Like are we talking – how long you live? Right. Like then, a hundred. You should own life coaches should only be a hundred years old. <laughs> right. <laughs> if if, if age, get if, some value if, out if, of that. if living the longest is the most important. <laughs> qu- I mean, that would seem like one of the more important qualifications. Right. Have you lived the most, or do you have the best life? Yeah. And I don't know how you quantify that, but like, it would not be this girl. I mean, I like obviously, that. like this profession, like a lot of professions, it's just complete fabrication. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And, and doesn't mean anything. Be a life coach. I mean, come on. I don't, I honestly, I to me, it's almost like a rent-a-friend. That's what like a life coach is. Right. It's like just you're paying, because I, what a, the role of life coach for me is is my friends, I guess. Yeah. You know I mean, saying? like, I feel <laughs> like you're my life coach. Yeah, you're yeah. my life coach. <laughs> right. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. Like maybe they also seem to be therapists without any uh, professional training. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like therapists, we've already said they kind of do less because it's just like kind of asking you what your problems are, listening to you, and you know talking through your problems. Yeah, yeah. I think I could do. I do that. Like I do that with my friends all the time. But they at least have some professional training and some techniques and you know practices that could give you to treat certain mental illnesses or anxiety disorders or whatever. Life coach. 
what what do you what kind of course or training do you take for that? Well, if a professional prescribes you something, yeah, that you have to get oh, like you have to go to the back of a CVS, yeah, and give them a piece of paper for, yeah, you're you're a doctor, you're yeah. a doctor, so you're a medical professional, yeah, a life coach. What are they prescribing? They're prescribing you like essential oils or like whatever, you know? I don't even know. You know yeah, nothing. Like take three week crash shots this they're, week. No, they're they're <laughs> prescribing you with uh, a game plan of how to get to where you want to be. But it's like... That's just a suggestion. They're prescribing you with suggestions. It is one of those, like those who can't do teach though, because ne- I'm sure they exist, like good life coaches yeah. that are qualified, but they'll, they charge like... A hilarious amount of money. So, like Tony Robbins would probably be the best life coach, in my opinion. Right? But all the do you fa- consider him a life? Also, coach? all the yeah, but all the famous life coaches aren't they just scam artists? Like, I don't know like if a he's Tony a scam wasn't artist. didn't he? You know, didn't he? Like these pastors at these churches and Tony Robbins yeah. and all these all these guys are scam artists. They're not. They are scam artists in some ways, but they're not like Matt like. They don't have, like, bad intentions, I don't think. I think they do genuinely want... Some of these pastors might, like yeah, Joel Osteen yeah. or whatever. He's like, you know, making right, that's money. Right, that's what I'm yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. I, like, a Tony Robbins, I think he actually has good intentions. He does want to help people. The reason he's a scam artist is because he makes so much money makes off, it... like, things that people have been saying for, for thousands of years. Right, like, he makes an obscene amount <laughs> yeah. of money. He just yeah. repackages it and sells it as, like, the power of you or calls it whatever, something like that. Right. And he makes all this money. But, like, you know, the book you got right next to you, yeah. the manual, has more lessons in there than Tony Robbins will tell you. And he just says it in a different way. Look at this thing. It's thin as can be. You it's know, a you, pamphlet. It's a pamphlet. You read it in 20 minutes. And, and you're a new uh, person. You're a new person. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. This is my life coach right here, <laughs> yeah, the, that, the manual. Well, that, I genuinely, I don't want to get yeah. too philosophical, yeah, but yeah. I genuinely believe like books should be your life coach. Like If you're not uh, like reading that. the right books, then maybe you just get a well-read friend who tells you what to read. Right, or which is, you know, I have that. You have you, and I have, I have Ben, I have ben and uh, yeah, you guys are my life coaches because you, <laughs> you're both extremely well-read, and I ask you guys questions, and you give me answers. That's um, what it is. To me, that's more valuable than a life coach. Yeah, you're people right. actually know you, whereas right. a life coach is like just meets you, and they get to know the fake you because you're probably lying because it's probably a cute girl. Right. Life coaches are just cute girls. <laughs> Actually, I would like a cute girl as a life coach because maybe she could, you know, give me some advice on how to uh, get other cute girls or maybe she becomes my girlfriend. It would be funny if, like, the way you could, like, share your accountant uh-huh. on, like, your turbo te- you know, like your uh, tax stuff. Like, I share my account. All my tax right. stuff, he's shared on the account so he could, like, file it. So you get your life coach shared and all your date naps. Yeah. You know, so she's just running the date naps for you. Wow, that would be yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, my life coach would be a cute girl because I would specifically target her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting a life coach unless it's a cute girl. Yeah, no, it'd be stupid. Yeah. Uh, so, but as a as overall as a profession, they they seem to be doing less because they're just repackaging things philosophers have said and other people have said. It's all generic advice, and they put powerful language behind it, and that's it. Speak confidently. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. I discovered a book that was life-changing when I was 21, Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankl. Yeah. And then I would watch Tony Robbins and be like, he's just saying things Victor Frankl said. Exactly. And then I found out that Victor Frankl was just saying things other people said. And you go down the line, it's literally things people have 
People have been saying the same thing. No one right. says anything new. No one Everyone's <laughs> been saying the exact same thing for thousands of years. Yeah. We used to call them philosophers, and we had the smartest people telling us what to do. But now we call them life coaches, and we have the dumbest people telling us what to do. We're, we're at the end. <laughs> There's no original <laughs> thought anymore. There's no original in thought. Like, yeah. I mean, so I'm not impressed with anything anybody says because no. there's no original thought. It all comes from somewhere. But this gets back to our language conversation from earlier. How did language start? Well, real quick. Yeah. So I think language is just noise, right? right. Like if you, we were saying this before. You hear another language. It just sounds like noise. Yeah. So if someone hears us, it just sounds like noise. I think the only it's way to be like original. Sounds. Yeah. The you know, only way to say something original is to just start making new noises. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like just going to new... be going down the street and I'm going to Like new language. We yeah. should come up with a new language. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah exactly. But yeah. to me, all language is just different forms of noise. That's all it is. Right. If Spanish is this sort of noise. and But, you know, I know some Spanish phrases. Right. And I think those sometimes. But people say you think in another language you're fluent. I don't think that's the case at all because I'm not fluent in Spanish. No. But you see something crazy. Adios mio. And it pops <laughs> into your head. So... <laughs> right. Yeah, all language. But it, imagine going back to the origin of language, how do you come up with words and we're like, yeah, okay, we agree on that now. That That's what this word means. It literally, And how do you build a language from scratch? I don't understand any of that. That's insane. It literally started with noise and evolution. Right. So at first, we would just be like screaming. I'm just checking the time. Yeah. yeah we're, we got a few minutes left. We only got a few minutes. Uh, yeah. At first, I think people would just scream at things. Yeah. You know, and point. Yeah. And then other people would start screaming and pointing, you know, and then it's like, oh, that means something. And then they right. all started doing the same scream for the same things. And over time, it slowly developed. And then we got words. And once we started writing, it became a whole new thing. And Oh, my God. Well, I mean, that's uh, seems like a lot coming up with the language. Maybe we don't do that. I think it but, took uh, like millions of years you know, <laughs> to come up with. <laughs> uh, so person of the week. All right, I'm gonna throw this. Per- we might not have enough time to cover it, but uh, Joe Rogan, I'll call. I'll call him the person of the week. He said on his podcast that 21 health, you know, healthy 21 year old shouldn't take the vaccine, or healthy young people shouldn't take the vaccine. I don't know. I mean, like, I, obviously, I think a lot. Everyone, I think every. I'm of the belief that everyone should take it. You know, you're you're required to take vaccines to go to college or travel. This is just another one that you have to take. And, um, you know, I think telling people not to, I think that's doing too much. He did too much by telling people not to because he's not a medical professional. Right. And he has no place in it. Uh, and he has extreme amount of influence. Extreme amount of influence. And I think it's, it's tragic because like Joe Rogan almost needs to change who he is. Right. Like what got him there is who he is. But now it's he's become so influential that what he says finally actually carries some weight and has consequences. Right. Which he never asked for. I almost feel for the guy. And this goes back to like not wanting to be famous. Because right. like, look what happens. Now you, you just say some dumb remark with your friend on a podcast and you're under Yeah, fire, and I totally you know? get that. And he's yeah. addressed that before. He's like, hey, I'm just talking to a friend on a pod. Uh, and you know everything I say is, you know, take it with a grain of salt, which is what we say. But be- it's not that simple for him anymore. Yeah, right. Because he's so influential. With great power comes great responsibility. Exactly. You know? It's true. And that's why you don't want power. Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, you know, I think he's a guy in general, you know, I think he's doing a little too much, you know, do you have to go hunt and kill your own elk? Like just go to the grocery store. You know what I mean? Like what's going on here? So Rogan does too much, but he also has like, he somewhat fits the do less mold. Not totally. Cause he does do too much. He's like a little over the top, Yeah, but he does, uh, fit the mold in the sense that like, he only does the things he likes. That's true. He doesn't do anything extra in life. 
Right. Where it's like I need to do this, and then I, oh, it's such a like drag that I. He's he probably never has been upset that he had to do he, something. He works out. He pods for three hours and uh, does, does stand, stand up, up and, and then commentates on the UFC. And that's it. Yeah. Which is a lot of things. I think he should t- get rid of one of the things. Yeah. He probably stand up. Uh, but he does a lot of what he wants <laughs> yeah. to do. You're right. Yeah. Um, and that I like. That I, that, that's I admire. Good. You know, this is. I don't know if we're cutting this too short today. Maybe we'll do a, a prologue. Is that would that be it before or after? Uh, I don't know, but yeah. we'll have you know we'll fact check it. We'll get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this is our quick episode. Uh, maybe you'll get a little additional. Maybe you won't. But no matter what, we'll be next uh, back next week. So. We'll be back next week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, and yeah, buy some, buy some merch. Oh, I got two things to plug really quickly. Uh, May sixth at Asylum Theater here in NYC. Really, really hot show. Need you to come out to that one. June twelfth in Chicago. Midwest Coast Brewing Company, me and Max Benelli are going to co-headline Midwest Coast Brewing Company out there in Chicago. I know a bunch of Chicago people listen to this. Look out for tickets for that one. Come check it out. Have a good week, guys. We'll be back soon.